What's up, y'all? Welcome to the fifth edition of the Socially Distant Podcast with Gib and Josh. Uh, today, we got a very special episode for y'all, as usual. We got a special guest, uh, CEO of Startnell Consulting, my man Kyrie. What's up, bro? What's up, man? Been a long time. Yeah, bro, real rap. <laughs> Since the three yeah. of us like been like in the, speaking to each other, yeah, bro, it's been a while. Um, yeah, um so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, bro, before we get started with the episode. Um, it's not much to it. I'm a pretty simple, pretty simple dude, but um, you know, live in Wallingford Media area. Uh, went to Strathaven, went played basketball with Josh in the drought. Um, in the drought. Forgot how long we know each other? Ragibs is what sixth grade. Yeah, sixth grade. Sixth grade. So uh, now I go to Westchester. I'm a senior at Westchester. I study computer science. Um, and I own two businesses now, so that's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we going to get into the episode today. We're going to do our weekly coronavirus, and then we're going to get into our interview with Kyrie. Cause, um, Kyrie really out here doing some, some good things, you know, some uplifting, inspiring things out here. And, uh, definitely wanted to talk to him about that. So we could let Josh take it away with the weekly Corona. All right. Uh, so this week for weekly Corona, uh, we got pushed back to the eighth. I think that we got to stay in quarantine and like, it just keep getting pushed back every day. Like we just got just keep doing what we're doing and we'll get out of here. Like just try to like stay informed on the right things. Like I saw that Trump was saying like, you got to drink cleaning products and inject them Johns and people and shit like that. And people <laughs> getting sick, you know, like that's, you just listen to the right shit like that don't even sound right so and, i mean honestly at this point if you actually take even take that into consideration like you just a dickhead because super dickhead bro why, why do that even sound proper to somebody and then and then he out here trying to say he wasn't talking to who he was talking to when we all saw he was talking to who he was talking to yeah exactly but it i mean just like i said keep I always say it, just stay in the house, follow the directions, bro. That's that's really all this is is simple, simple directions, bro. Kyrie, man, how how your quarantine been, bro? What's your experience been like? Uh for me, quarantine's been good. Like I've been able to focus a lot um on myself. I feel like when I was uh like before quarantine, I was kind of doing a lot of things that were like, I don't know, just kind of I was kind of everywhere, but I kind of just took quarantine to be able to just focus in on like what's important. Yeah. With no, uh, you know, external distractions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You you were stepping outside yourself a little bit, bro. Yeah, I was getting in my, I was in my bag for a little bit, man. The quarantine kind of, yeah, sure. I, know, I know how that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I could say that this has put, given us time to put a lot of things into perspective about like, definitely what's important in our lives and how we got to prioritize certain things. Yeah. So, I think once you. Once you get to that point, like you realize it's really not that bad outside of the fact that, you know, we can't move the way we usually do, but it is what it is. It is a big ass reset button, bro. And this made you priority straight, bro. It's definitely a big reset button because I, because I've been, I know me personally, I like, I know like I really wanted to start a podcast for the longest time, but like I never really had time to do it. I always had like something else to do, but I, I really think that this helped me like hone on. To, to my passion and you know what I'm saying work on this craft because I do feel like this has helped me learn more about it and get better with it you know and start to grow it it's definitely like 
it made it for me where it's like, it's a lot of stuff that I wanted to do throughout the school year. And I will always make like excuses. Like I didn't have the time or, um, you know, I would be out partying or I would be out with people. And now it's like, I can't use any of that as an excuse to not get stuff done. So like, it's almost like forcing me to basically to be productive. Exactly. Which, yeah. Real, real rap. It's like, now you really don't have an excuse to not try something that you want to try or cross something off your list. You know what I mean? Like we got, we don't have anything but time. Like we got a full 24 hours now to ourselves. Thanks. Yeah, bro. So we, we going to get into this interview, bro, and start, uh, start with these little questions that we got prepared for you. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start it off. So what, what is start now, bro? Tell it, tell us about the concept. So uh, Start Now Consulting is a it's a it's a consulting firm, right? Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the GEM, but that stands for the Global Entrepreneurial Activity Monitor. And basically, uh, I was just kind of reading their report from a couple years ago, and I looked at one of the graphs, and it's this thing called the TEA, which is the uh, Total Early Entrepreneurial Activity Rate, and then there's also um, like the established business rate. And in the graph, you can see that like the total entrepreneurial activity was really high, but the actual established business rate was really low. So basically starting out consulting is trying to bridge that gap and make um, make it more accessible and give people the resources that they need to be able to just start their own business uh, kind of without going through a lot of the hassle and different things like that. Like you can come and start now consulting and we'll do all the business research that you need, um, your market analysis, we'll build your website, We'll put you in contact with all the right people. Um, if you need real estate, we'll figure out, you know, we, we do all of the research basically for you to start your own business and then package it up and give it to you in a nice file for you to read it. And then we take you through the process. So after you, after you read this report and everything like that and kind of started to form the idea, when did you actually start putting the plan into motion and um, how, how old is this, this project that you, that you've been working on? Um, probably a few months, a few months. So my mom actually wanted to start home, her own business. And that's actually still in the process right now. But my mom wants to start, um, she wants to start like a, a healthcare facility for the elderly. And when you start a business like that, it's a lot of different factors that come into play. Like you have to be a certain amount away from an emergency room. Um, the zoning for that type of real estate, uh, you know, the, the amount of floors that have to be in, that type of building for elderly people, um, what what people qualify for disability, what people qualify for, you know, different um, governmental things. And my mom, she has me and my little sister, she has a house that she's taking care of and she didn't really, and she has a full-time job as a nurse. Um, so she didn't really have the time to do all of the research that it took for her to start the business. So she would ask me to do a lot of it. So once I started doing that, I was like, I kind of like doing this. Like I'm learning stuff, I'm helping build a business. I was, you know, it's. It helps me be able to like dip my feet in a whole bunch of different projects. Um, so she had me on her project for a while, and then after that, I was like, I like doing this. I might as well just charge people to charge people to do this, and I know how to build websites. Like that's really all you need to start to start a business right now is the the research, which takes the most amount of time, and then the website, uh, and then after that is just marketing. So probably a couple of weeks after my mom put me on that project, I started um, um, making my making my own business. So do you want to tell, me, uh, tell us about your team that you have for this uh, your business? 
So right now on my team, uh, it's me. Um, there's a person, um, my man Travis. Uh, he's kind of like my my advisor, like my main advisor. Um, but at the moment, it's really just us two. Um, so I mean, it's a grind. Like I make the websites. Um, I put together all of the plans, um, and then we. It's really just research at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? It's basically research, and I know how to do the websites already. So that's kind of like a strength and a weakness is that I don't really need that large of a team. Um, and a consulting firm is like an initial low, a low initial investment. You know what I'm saying? Really all I had to pay for to start my online business was, um, my website, my, my domain name, um, my LLC license. Uh, I just got my trademark license uh, a couple of weeks ago. So that's really all I had to pay for. So I've already like broke even. Um, but yeah, the team is just, it's, it's really just me. Yeah, so take take us through that process a little bit of the steps you took to really start and legitimize your business. Cause I, I really don't think that a lot of people realize that it is it is steps you gotta take and you you can't really like skip anything. You gotta do it the right way. Right. So I guess first, um my first thing that I like to do when I start any business is I try to start an online presence. So like, obviously you have to make your Instagram, you got to make your Twitter, you got to make your Facebook and all that stuff. So you can set yourself up to do the right marketing. So that was first. Um, and then I built my website. Uh, so after I built my website, I put it on my Instagram. And then after I did that, I kind of waited to see, you know, I started, I did a little bit of marketing. Um, and then once I got a few like solid clients, then I was like, all right, I guess it's, I think it's, I think it's best for me to take the next step. So the way I see it is like everything is an investment, but I don't want to make invest like rush investments. So I always have like a goal that I set for myself first. And then I say, all right, once I reach this goal, then I'll make this next investment into my business. So I made my website and then I got like two or three clients, right? Finished those clients. And I said to myself, all right, when I'm finished these clients, I'm going to get my LLC license and actually legitimize my business. So I got my LLC license. Um, which made me, you know, seem more credible. It's crazy because anybody can have the LLC for a business, but, and you can be, you, uh, one business can be better than the other, but if the other one has their LLC license, it just makes that business seem more credible. And it's crazy because just me saying that I have my LLC, it started to drive more clients for me. So I got a couple more clients, um, finished those clients. And I was like, all right, this is actually getting kind of like, you know, the, I'm getting a lot of traffic. So I don't want anybody to steal my name. So I was like, I need to get my name and my and my stuff trademarked. So um, I did my trademark and my license for that. And that actually takes a really long time. It takes like three three months for that to get actually approved. Um, but I filed probably two weeks ago. Congrats, bro. Congrats, bro. Thank that's, you. That's real shit, bro. So what's the uh, hardest thing you had to overcome so far, you think? Like with business or just, just in general? uh with your business uh with business is definitely getting clients because like because i'm such a new company i don't really have a whole lot of credibility yet so it's like people don't want to really pay money to the unknown to like unknown you know what i'm saying it's like people kind of are scared to pay me because they don't i don't really have like a reputation yet yeah for sure tell Tell us about the kind of skill set it takes to, you know, own a business and like a little bit about the skills that you have yourself. 
So I guess for me, it's like um, my biggest thing about myself is I, I would say that I'm a pretty like disciplined individual. So it's like the goals that I was just telling you about, like it takes it took a lot out of me to be like, like I had the money to get my LLC and everything like that. And I wanted it, you know what I'm saying? But part of it was I like to make sure that I wait and follow my plans. You know what I'm saying? So that, um, and I feel like with any business you start, like for me, a major part of my business, I'm actually on two clients now for, for web development. And I told you I study computer science. So it's like, that was kind of a skill that I already had that I was able to monetize. So if you're going to start a business, I would recommend starting a business in something that you're already kind of good at. So, and then all there is to learn is like the business aspect of it and not the actual skill part of it. So uh, let's get into your uh, ebook that you had. You had the three steps of how to become, uh, what was it called? Uh, important business. Am I right? Three steps to starting your own business from scratch. There you go. So um, what was the most important thing from the reading? We both, we uh, both me and Gabe were reading it before we got an interview with you, but what was the most, most important thing you think from there? Um, the most important thing, <laughs> the most important thing for me was make sure you go all the way to the bottom and, 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 and see that start now does all of those things for you if you need it mm -hmm. done. But uh, aside from that is definitely, I wanted to really like, make an emphasis on how 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 important um, business research really is. Cause like, if you don't do the right research for your business, it's gonna fail. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you don't really know your industry inside and out, it's gonna fail. If you don't know what the marketing trends are in your industry, it's gonna fail. If you don't understand exactly what you're doing before you start and have a, a devised plan, um, like you, you don't really have anything to work with or base your, base your progress off of. So would what you I say so would you say like that's the reason why businesses fail that research uh, aspect of it uh that and funding okay yeah i would say what that. i what i what i really liked about the ebook sorry to cut you off i i really think that you made it very easy to understand put it in layman's terms cuz i seen like i read a lot of articles about stuff about business and stuff like that just to you know stay sharp or whatever and not it's, it's kind of hard to understand if like you don't have a certain level of knowledge and I really feel like you condense everything to its core components to what to what you really just need to know. And then you have the dictionary at the bottom. You know what I mean? So yeah. it made it, it made it's a very easy read. It's, yeah, right. it's, it's, it's nothing hard. It's, I think that's a very good place to start. To cut you off real quick, I don't know a single thing about business. And I like from your reading the ebook, like I felt like I knew something after I was like, done reading that like honestly. yeah i mean that's how that's kind of how i felt like before i started my business i didn't really know a whole lot about business either you know what i'm saying Ex aside from handling the business aspects of what my mom was trying to start but like mm -hmm. before i started my business there was things that i kind of learned like I, I i was in you know how you'll go on instagram and it'll be like an ebook right and it'll say or it'll be some like rich dude that pops up with like a porsche or a ferrari and they like if you want to learn how to do this swipe up yeah. or click the link on my, so like i would click right and then i would um <clears throat> it would barely be, end up being like a waste of my time because i would click on it or whatever trying to figure out whatever skill they was trying to tell me to do and then at the end of it it was just them basically trying to sell me their product so i wanted to make sure that whenever i made my ebook or whatever i put my content out that like people were actually going to get value out of it that was my next question that's for you the uh instagram get rich schemes like how do you feel about them but you said you definitely touched on it 
But so y'all got my ebook. Both of y'all did, right? So y'all also have access to my blog that's on my website. Um, and I actually just dropped an article last week about um about Instagram schemes, bro. Like you're not gonna get rich off of Instagram. Like very like it's just it's just such a rarity that happens that instead of trying your luck, you might as well take that energy and that time and put it into something that's actually um authentic and genuine. Yeah, because the only people that's really getting bread off of Instagram is bitches with fat asses. Exactly. <laughs> only fans. Only fans. So what but, are you uh, you got something to keep going? Yeah, I was just gonna add that I think that that ebook, your ebook is like I think that it would be a good place to start as if you in college and like you in an entrepreneurship, like a hundred level entrepreneurship class. Cause I think that that's really the, yours just laid a great foundation for being an entrepreneur. Yeah, that was definitely- I just wanted to say that to you. So what is your um, like upcoming plans with this, I guess? Ooh, that's that's a touchy subject. So I have actually, um. I have, I definitely have plans to like expand my brand. So I guess I can tell y'all to, um, I don't want to get into it a lot, but I have an app coming out for my business. Uh, that should be out within the next year. That's kind of what I, what a lot of my time has been dedicated to is, um, I'm in the planning phase of building that app right now. Um, I'm not going to really tell like tell what it's going to be cause I still have to get it patented and everything like that. But, um, that, that it'll basically be a way for people to, um, automatically create businesses with the touch of a button. Um, but I'm not going to go through the ins and outs of it and everything like that. And then I guess I want to basically just keep doing what I'm doing. I kind of have these goals that I've set for myself for like when I'm finishing up on a client, um, try to get two more clients. So like I'll do two clients. And then when I'm finishing up off my second client, which I am right now, um, I'm going to, you know, you'll, you'll see that my marketing kind of starts to go up a little bit more. Um, because I'm going to be trying to land two more clients because I've kind of like calculated how much I can make off of two clients. And that, that's enough to be able to kind of be where I want to be with my business right now, but definitely just kind of scale it. Um, keep working on the app, put out a couple more eBooks um, and then build my personal brand a little bit more as well. <clears throat> so um, what, what are some of the, biggest misconceptions you would say are about owning your own business biggest misconceptions about owning um a lot of people think that like this is this kind of goes back to the to the instagram stuff too is like instagram makes everything seem so like like glitzy you know what i'm saying like instagram kind of makes everything seem like the, the instagram only shows you the end results and not necessarily what you have to do in order to get there so like for me, um, like a lot of people probably think starting your own business is like a lot of money coming in all the time. Um, the money really fluctuates. It's like if I'm on four clients at one time, then it's like, yeah, I'm getting paid. But, you know, you go through weeks, months when you don't really have any clients and all you can really do at that time is just that time just shows you, all right, all right, this is what I need to do better with my business. So um it's definitely like a roller coaster financially. It's an emotional roller coaster. Like for me to put that ebook out, um, it's outgoing as a guy, as a, like that I am for real. Um, the ebook putting that out was kind of like that. Like I'm really putting my writing out to the world. So it was like it kind of took emotionally and mentally me to be able to like the ebook was done for a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying, before I put it out. But um 
you know, you start thinking about like, oh, well, what's so-and-so going to think? What they going to think about it? Blah, blah, blah. And then you just get to a point where you be like, I don't really care what they think because I'm doing it for me. So um, like that part of it, the emotional part of it too. And like my mom and my parents and things like that, like sometimes I focus a little bit more on my business than I focus on school. Um, and so like when my mom sees that, when my mom asks me what I'm doing, I'm like, I'm just trying to get this thing done for my business. I'm just trying to, uh, you know, build this app for my business. She'd be like, well, where are your schoolwork at? Why you ain't doing no schoolwork? I'd be like, I'm gonna do that later. I'm gonna do that later. I'm trying to do my business right now. So balancing school and the business definitely has been hard because I feel like I've kind of found like my purpose. So now that I feel like I've found that everything else is kind of just like, everything else kind of just gets like pushed to the side. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I would probably say. Yeah, I mean, with that, like, obviously school is important and whatnot, but <clears throat> I would say that school is only just a portion of what, what we do. And, you know, it's, it's only going to last a certain amount of time. But this this is like, I would say this is your legacy. You know what I mean? For right. lack of a better term, like this is what you're going to leave behind. And I, I think you should be putting the time into your, your platform that that you want people to see so you put your best foot forward with this then the sky's the limit you you know what i mean definitely and you knew you knew me since sixth grade bro i always hated school yeah bro real i don't even like yeah, school, don't bro. Really are, bro so like compared to your competitors how how much what's the cost of your service like of your services so my the cost of my services are um very affordable and i actually made it a point to like when I was planning this whole thing out is I understand that my target audience is going to be college students for the most part. You know what I'm saying? People kind of um, in their, in their early to mid twenties to their early thirties. So, um, you know, just because I know that audience, I understand that that audience doesn't really have, you know, a lot of the funds and everything like that for them to be able to get these type of services done by like a big time company. So, um, yeah, my my services are like are, are very affordable. So how how do you stay motivated in your business? You know what I mean. Like I know, like sometimes you know it could be discouraging when 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 things aren't on a high point. So how would you? What are some advice to people to stay motivated as grow like as far as growing their business? Advice for people to stay motivated. Um, I would say like. <laughs> it is is as artificial and superficial as it might sound bro like i like nice stuff bro like i like nice cars i like nice women uh i i like you know i like nice houses you know what i'm saying i just, i like that type of stuff bro so like that's just that's just how i feel so that's the first thing that keeps me motivated is like i kind of have in my mind like a lifestyle that i want to live at some point in my life um so i'm really I'm using my passion as an avenue or as a vehicle to chase, you know, to 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 chase those dreams. And then it's like my mom, she works really, really hard. So I, I want to be able to put myself in a position where um, my mom, mind you, is like already an established woman, doesn't like need help or anything like that. But I definitely want to put myself in a position where one day I can kind of just give back to her in abundance. Um, you know, I, I know I'm going to have probably kids one day, you know what I'm saying? So I want to be able to have uh, you know, a, a business that I'll be able to give to them, like a family business, um, you know, that my kids can fall back on if they, you know, 
take longer than than it took for me to be able to find my own passion in my life and everything like that. Um, and then also like people from my past, man, that's kind of that's kind of one of my big ones too. Is like proving people wrong. Like y'all knew me in high school, bro. Like who would have thought? You know what I'm saying? Who would have thought Kyrie would be doing something like this in high school, bro? Nobody. So, <laughs> so like, no, I definitely hear you. This ones. Um, so I got, I know I got one more question for you. Um, other than start now, like you did mention that you had another, another business. Um, so just tell us about some of the other things that you're doing. Cause I, I know you a smart guy. So I knew you gotta, I know, you know, you gotta diversify your revenue streams. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the next business that, well, the business that I actually am in the process of starting right now. It's called Christian Rich. Uh, I, you know my friend Christian, right? Uh, I don't know if Josh know, but I think you do, Raggy. My man Christian from Philly. Yeah. Yeah, so me and him are basically starting. Um, we don't really even know what to call it yet. It's going to be like a clothing line, but we're also going to sell like cologne. We're going to be selling uh, uh, all natural products for like men's self-care. Um, lifestyle brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lifestyle brand. That's what you can call it. I'm. A, you know what? I'm gonna take that, man. I didn't know that's what it was called, a lifestyle brand. But yeah, basically we doing that as a um as a way to be kind of advocates for like self-care for men because I feel like a lot of men these days don't really have uh like an avenue like self-care for me it seemed like it's only it only apply to women, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah. it's only a women like a women's sort of thing. And I think that's a lot of reason why men a lot of men that I talk to are like depressed and stuff like that is because for so long in our lives, us as men, we've been taught that we have to do everything for everybody else. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um, that's kind of the basis of what that brand is going to be about. And it's going to be all natural products, T-shirts, the whole nine yards. Yeah, bro. I think I think that self-care is especially important for black men, too, importantly, because I feel like as black men, you know, we kind of taught to just you know be hard all the time like no feelings no emotion bro like we can't you know what i'm saying take time to really like feel our feelings you know what i mean yeah bro we don't have the we're not told that we need to understand ourselves bro like our all our lives we're told that we have to understand everybody else we got like and i'm not saying i'm not saying any of this stuff is bad but like no not at all you're from a, you're taught from a young age bro that like Think about this right here, right? How many times, like, y'all, did y'all mom ever tell y'all that you need to stand on the side of the street when you're with a girl, you need to stand on the side of the street that the cars are yep. coming? Bro, yep. why would I want to get hit? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. That doesn't even make any nah. sense, bro. Like, that's real, like, and bro, it's been girls that I've been out with before that, like, if I don't stand on the side of the street, like, they'll really make a comment, like, you're not standing on that side of the street. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get hit by the car. So like, <laughs> I just met you. Like, this is our first date. You think I'm going a, I'm to a risk a car jumping over for me? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel you. I definitely uh, feel you, done? bro. You done? Yeah, I'm done with my questions. Uh, I just, uh, to end the interview, I just want to uh, ask, like, what's your one advice to uh, any people that want to do what you do? Start now. That's kind of, I mean, that's where the brand name came from is like start now. That was a big connection that I had to make for myself is like I had all of these plans that were in my head. And I was like, I got to a point where I was thinking too much where I was. And um, I don't know if y'all follow. His name is Don. Uh, they call him the pastor of business, the boy who got jumping jack tax company. 
but he basically uh, introduced me to this term called analysis paralysis. And that's basically when you spend so much time thinking on something or thinking about yep. your plans and everything like that, that you never actually take action. So um, that's really the only advice that I would give anybody. Like you can, you can go on YouTube all you want and learn about the business. You can, and I'm, then definitely do your research. You know what I'm saying? But it comes to a point where the only learning that you're going to get is from actually doing it and actually, you yeah. know, going through the experience. So just start, just start now. Yeah, bro. I just wanted to, I wanted to thank you, you know what I'm saying, for taking the time out your day to come on and, you know, really like promote your business. Cause I do think that that's an important thing is like finding somewhere to start and having people to help you, you know what I'm saying, on the ground, because a lot of people don't have that. Right. Um, yeah, no problem, bro. And I do, I do want you to come back on when you get ready to launch the lifestyle brand. Cause I, I think that's something that's important, bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's really my big thing is, um, the that's actually what I wanted. I wanted to start that first before I did start nail consulting, but like the situation with my mom and everything like that kind of made me be able to focus on this a little bit more. But I think that my real passion is um like being an advocate for men, especially for black men, um, about like self-care and understanding yourself and discipline and 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 you know, understanding how to interact with women and different things like that. All right, for sure, bro. So now, you know, we're going to take a little bit of time, bro. I know I know you came here to talk about your business and everything like that, but we did want to talk some shit with you too, bro. Okay. We wanted, wanted to kick it a little bit. Don't get me in trouble, man. <laughs> no, bro. No, bro. We're not going to DJ Vlad you. <laughs> uh, you, want right, to talk, so, you want to talk about it? You want to uh, talk about you could stuff. You could bring up your scenario, bro. We could play Pick uh, Your Poison first. We play pick your poison first. All right, all right, all right, all right. we can play that first. All right, let me find it real quick. Well, what's the rule for this game? It's basically so basically some dude on Twitter was like posting scenarios and like asking him like, "What would you rather do?" So it's pick your poison. All right, and but... it was like it was like some wild ass scenarios. All right. I, I have I had one too, but we're gonna do pick your poison first because mine is okay. a little more serious. All right, so uh, bring a sex doll wherever you go or drop kick. Your newborn baby nephew. <laughs> newborn baby nephew. Yeah. <laughs> Which one uh, you picking? Yeah. So, uh, so do I get to ask questions, or I gotta just pick? You pick yeah. one. You gotta pick. It's pick your poison. You gotta pick one sock. Uh the nephew gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I might have to just drop. It don't say how hard you gotta drop kick your nephew either. Yeah, it I'll kick my nephew. I'm not. I'm not, but I'm not about to be looking crazy. Like, imagine, imagine, like, going in the barns, bro, and you just see a nigga with a sex doll, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, I gotta, I gotta do the nephew, man. I can't, I can't. I got, I got a brand. I gotta protect, man. I got an image. I gotta protect. <laughs> hey, sorry, All right. now. All right, next one. Uh, make dinosaur noises, noises when you come, or never have sex again. Oh, the dinosaur joint, easy. Yeah. I'm gonna make the dinosaur noises because like niggas be doing we I do weird shit anyway when I'm like when I'm <laughs> like I, I'll make I do make a sound like so <laughs> it don't even matter, bro. Bro, uh, I probably do the dinosaur joint anyway, just cause like I'm I'm goofy <laughs> like that. Like real shit. No, real <laughs> shit. My girl, bro. Like we like I'm I'm just I'm just goofy like that. I probably really do it just to make her mad. Like some Jurassic Park like, type shit. Moment. <laughs> All right. Next one, smash your pinky with a pinky finger with a hammer or take two shots of bleach. 
Damn. Um, I'm probably taking two shots of bleach. People in New York are already doing that shit. <laughs> I just don't know. Uh, I'll probably do the pinky with the hammer, Joe. Damn. Yeah, I'll yeah probably. I might do the pinky with the hammer. I slammed my fingers in car doors before, so I kind of already know how that feels. But I don't know how bleach is going to affect my body. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like you could, you could either die or just catch some real like poison, poisoning, bro. Like I don't want to go through either of that, bro. I'd rather just have some like finger pain and like my stomach and my body just feeling weird as shit, bro. Yeah, I don't know, y'all. It's only a shot, bro. It's probably like, probably like this much. It's two shots. You don't know how the shot is going to affect you, bro. You don't know how the shot is going to affect you, bro. All right. Next one. Get a tattoo of your most recent ex's face and initials or shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> bro, I'm just gonna keep it a buck with you, bro. I might, I might shoot myself in the foot. I'll never get LH tatted on me, nigga. What the fuck? Bro, uh, <laughs> keep it a meme. I would do the initials, but I wouldn't do the face. The face is what's what's wild, right? Threw me off, bro. Because my ex, my ex, bro. All of my exes is, is thorough for real. Like I don't have no for real problems with all of my with any of my exes. Mm-hmm. But um, I'll probably shoot myself in the foot though if I had to get the face. <laughs> The face, the faces would throw me off, bro. Cause yeah. you could just say the initials like it mean the it's the initials mean like something else. But yeah. you could cap about the initials, but the face though, bro. Not the face. Ever the face, bro. <laughs> All right. Um call your parents every single time you're about to have sex and ask for permission or being unable to have sex without getting pregnant or getting someone pregnant. I gotta call both parents. Uh probably just one. Uh I call my parents. Call your parents. I call my I'll definitely call my pop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I call I call, I call my pop. I call my mom too, but it, de- it really depends on the situation because you know moms ask too many questions. Definitely ask yeah. too many. I just need to say yes, mom. And yeah. just- Yo, <laughs> you know how crazy you know how crazy that would sound. Yo, um, I'm about to have sex. That's cool with y'all. <laughs> like that's really like the craziest thing you could ask, bro. Yeah, my mom would get tired of it. She'd be like, boy, go ahead. <laughs> Stop calling my damn phone with that bullshit. <laughs> All right. Uh, accidentally murder your best friend or have your firstborn child grow up and be a terrorist? Accidentally murder my be- uh have my first have my child be a terrorist. Have your first child be a terrorist? Yeah. That's crazy. But like if you look at the math, right? You just sacrificing one person for the greater good of a million people. But then again, <laughs> I don't really know them people. All right, well, think about it this way. My son is black. My son, my first child gonna be black. So, like, the, if if my son got a gun, terrorist or not, he probably gonna get killed anyway. Real That's the If my son is terror in the neighborhood, terrorizing the neighborhood with a gun, the police not having that, they gunning him down immediately. That's really? the first one. That's, and the second part about it is too. This is actually weird that you asked me that question because I was kind of thinking about last week. I I was talking to my mom. And we was just talking about like family dynamics and stuff like that. And I was I was kind of trying to tell her that like at the end of the day, she was like, how would you feel if like you and your sister kind of like grew up and like kind of like grew apart from each other? And at first I was like, that really would be sad. And then I got to thinking about it. And I was like, I was like, in reality, though, like all family members really are, are people 
that are on this earth that you happen to like share the same blood with. Yeah, that's, that is true. That yeah, is true. I mean, it's really at the end of the day, it's just people you was forced to spend a portion of your life with. Yeah, to be honest, but forced by nature. All right, uh, last one before we get in the give. Uh, have your significant other leave you for your best friend or watch your significant other have sex with someone else? Have my significant other leave my best friend watch her have sex with someone else? Uh, <laughs> um, I would say leave me for my best friend. Yeah, you gotta leave for your best friend. Number one, I'm not watching. Like, that's anything. Yeah, ever to watch, bro. And second, like, you was probably gonna leave anyway. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you leave me for my best friend, then you was never... I say if any if a, if a girl ever cheated on me, like I didn't really get cheated on because she was never mine, bro. Like that's how I rationalize it. Like it's bro, none of these girls is yours, bro. None of them. Not it's just your turn. It's just your turn, bro. It's just your turn, bro. Mm-hmm. See? That's that's real bro, shit. Bro, for, I'm not gonna say it for everybody, but I'm saying like that's a problem, bro, that like a lot of dudes have, bro. And this is gonna be all in the self-care and everything like that, but like like men gotta stop thinking they own these women, bro. Like you yeah. don't, and, and that's why that's why a lot of women cheat, or that's why a lot of women don't act right around you because the you think you own her, and that's that's what's making you insecure, and that's what's making her act up. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So it's like let her do what she want to do, bro. Let her do what she want to do, and all that's it's like when you a kid, it's like when you a kid and your mom tell you not to do something, you just want to do it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know and it's also it's also certain things that that women just go and do. And honestly, like getting mad about it, you you is really like getting mad at your dog for barking. Like it's, it's just what they're gonna do. This is really just what they're gonna do. All right. So what I had was <clears throat> definitely a little more serious than pick your poison, but I was on Twitter scrolling down the timeline. You know, the timeline be popping during the coronavirus shit. And it said, Don't kill me for this, but I think black moms' treatment of their sons are driving black men to date white women. Just my theory. Ooh. And then he said, first, yeah. first off, I don't date white women. Secondly off, uh, not all black mothers are toxic. Third, I just was uh, just wanted to start this conversation. Yeah, bro. So let's converse. So let me, right. give you, let me give you what I said. I wasn't, Guy took it as like him taking, talking about uh, uh, white girls, but I took it as like saying like any like other race besides black people, uh, black girls. You want? I didn't take it like that because he specifically said white women, though. Wait, wait, wait. repeat. What, what, what y'all mean? What you mean? So he said, "I'm gonna plead for you." So don't kill me for this, but I think black moms' treatment of their sons are driving black men to date white women. That was his. That was his original tweet. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, Gee took it as him talking about white girls, and I took it as like just like any other race besides black girls. So like Asians, uh, Hispanics. So, like anything like that, I could, I could, but I could see why you you would say that, bro. But you know that in the black community, it's 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 negative connotations of a, of a young black man dating a white woman, bro. Yeah, so that's I why I, I kept it strictly white women. And I agree with you because that's mostly who that's mostly who you see black men with if they're not with black women. And we all we're, we've all been to predominantly white institutions since high school, middle school, whatever, since we were young. And like we've all grown around it, we've all been white girls at one point in our life, and it's just I wanted to get you, we want to get your take on it. I think that uh, 
I think it's funny that like if you uh, so talking about um, races other than just white, right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy because even those races have like a spectrum of blackness to them, mm-hmm. like an underlying spectrum of blackness. So it's like you got black, and then it's like it's like all right, Spanish is like more black than Asian. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then like you know you you get what I'm trying to say? And then like that's what Gee was trying to say that 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 even though that white girls are different from like he said that what were you trying to say like that the race basically like, basically what i was saying is that the problem with you saying that that was about like any race besides like a white woman is the fact that if you go out or date another race you're not dating our oppressor you know what i mean i'm not trying to make it sound dramatic but historically the oppressor of blacks has been white people so and i think that's where the problem is you know what i mean so then let me tell you what I said, Kyrie. Um, I was like, so say like your mom has been like toxic to you and like say you do get with a black girl and ends up ending up bad. Then your perception of black women is going to be going to be bad because of your experience. Like it could be like a little less two people, like your mom and some girl that you're the closest women that, that like the closest women to you. Yeah, exactly. So if your possession of closest like women to you. Uh, that are black girls, then you're not going to want to keep dealing with that in your life. Then that's what I, that's what basically what I said. My, my thing is, so your first model of a woman and your first model of a man are your parents. And the thing about, and you basically just follow their model for better or for worse in your life, you're going to follow their model. So your mother is the model of a like a woman to you and you going you're gonna go through life like meeting women and i guess in the back of your head it's always gonna be like your mom not to be not to make it weird but like it's either you're gonna be with a woman that's just like your mom or the complete opposite of your mom you know what i mean yeah i think i gotta be with a woman that takes care of me like that takes care of me in similar ways that my mom does you know what i'm saying that like or not even takes care of me but like has my best like you're never going to find a woman that has the best interest in you the way your mom does. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like mm-hmm. from that aspect, that's kind of where I would um, like, that's definitely like a, 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 a factor that I'm, you know, taking in the, first of all, let me, let me just clear the air right now and say, I personally don't think that having a girlfriend is even the way to go. I don't really, I don't really even cuff like that mm-hmm. at this point in my life. So let me just put that out there as a disclaimer. But if I were to, um, I think that I think that it can definitely um, like black parents to, and for those people who don't know how like what like we mean by like toxic black mom traits is just kind of like like what would you like yeah like what would y'all call like tra- uh, toxic I think, I think they mean like probably like yelling like bring you down to this level like I brought you here like uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah. I need you before you need me stuff like that the black the black family dynamic is definitely different than any anybody else because I just think that like it's not it's more of a a dictatorship. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Like, it's not it's not a collective. Oh, like what do you want? No, no, you just like you're gonna say, and you're not gonna and you're you know like what I mean. And it's no really no really explanation to to I it. But I was I would say that I would never I would never go as far as to call a black mom toxic i think that's yeah i think that's dismissing 
I think that's being dismissive of everything that moms go like black women go through. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't say it's toxic. I'd just say it's like they go through a lot and sometimes they they negatively displace that energy. Right. But I mean, they do go through a lot. So I yeah. can't even blame them for that. And then I, back that. Go ahead, Kyrie. Go ahead, Kyrie. I think that a lot of it, um, like going back on that subject as well. A lot of that, uh, for lack of a better word, because I don't know what else to call it, we can call them like toxic traits or whatever. But a lot of those toxic traits you gotta understand stem from fear. Like, like how, like imagine how scary it is as a black mom for your son, you know what I'm saying, to like go outside. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like all you hear on the news every day is like, is like cop kills black, like cop kills black man. Like I remember I was having this talk to my sister one day, and she, my little sister, and she was like, I was like, Dad, okay, like why is mom always like? Every time I leave the house, my mom be like, make sure you're being safe out there. You better not be out there doing nothing you don't have no business doing. Blah, 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 blah. And like, um, I also have my license to carry a firearm, right? So like whenever I leave my house, that's kind of just like, that's like a part of my, like my suit. You know what I'm saying? I got my phone. I got my keys. I got my gun. I got whatever I'm bringing. You know what I'm saying? And I got my bag with my laptop in it. And that's kind of just how I move and I operate. And like my mom, she like a major disagreement that me and my mom have is, you sh- my mom thinks that like I should never carry a firearm because if I'm I'm a black man and I get seen with a firearm, I'm gonna get killed. You know what I'm saying? But it's also like the part that I think that my mom kind of neglects is the places that I go sometime, you know what I'm saying, or the places that I'm with when in the place the areas that some of my friends live, it's like you if I don't have a firearm in that area, maybe a cop won't shoot me, but the bull from down the street might. You know what I'm saying? So it's like yeah. So it's like I understand what she's saying, but at the same time, it's like it's like I gotta protect myself. But getting back to I the think, question, I guess I don't think that um I don't I don't know what I think it's usually just experience all girls, all types. Yeah, and I don't think sure. that I don't think that the I think that the toxic trick part acts more as like um like kind of what we were saying before. It's like if all your life you told something is bad, it kind of make you want to just do it a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? I kind of think that's where a lot of that might come from. And I and um, what I said was that if someone like likes you and loves you as like they should and how you want them to love you, then it shouldn't matter what their race is. A woman? Yeah. If a woman does that? Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. That's even possible. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> so back to the back to the toxic trait thing. I think conversation. But go ahead. Back to the toxic traits thing. I just I just think it's like their way of preparing us for the outside world. Cause I know me, like I grew up, I grew up in a, uh, in a, in a home where like my parents got divorced, um, when I was like 10, 11 years old. So I lived with my mom most of the time. So she definitely had to play both roles all the mm-hmm. time. So of course she was going to be harder on, on three, on three black boys, you know, because she wanted us to grow up and be the best men we could be. She had to be strong. And so she had to, she had to, you know what I'm saying? Be, be a little bit more tough on us and give us the tough love. And I definitely understand that. I don't think I would change anything about the way I was raised at all um, or anything that happened in my life. So I just, I just think that calling it toxic is very dismissive. And as far as being pushed to date white women, I mean, I definitely have been with my share of white women. Um, But I, I, I just, I just don't, I just don't think um, I could see myself long like now 
the person I am, I, I don't think I could see myself in a long-term committed serious relationship with a white woman. I feel the same way. And part of that is because like, you that's kind of the other benefit of it is like of experiencing just like all types of girls is like now i kind of know what i like you want to know what what happened i'll tell you what happened when um when i the when it clicked in my mind when it was like yeah like i just can't i can't i'm not gonna be able to do this long term so my ex right i ain't gonna say no names but my ex right i was doing i had a job in philly you used to see me on a on a train all the time right Ruggie? yeah so i was coming home and um my ex was with me. She, she, we met up in Philly, and we was just gonna go back to her house, right? So we was gonna catch, we was gonna catch the bus, um, to some, to some spot, and then you know, y'all know, I ain't really grew up in Philly, so I don't really know where everything is, right? I do know that I'm not supposed to look lost anywhere. Anyway, we catch the bus, right? We get off the bus, we down, uh, we in Francisville, we in North Philly, and she on her GPS, like looking around. Right. I'm like, I look at her. I was like, I thought I thought you knew where we was. Um, I thought you knew where we was going. She was like, yeah, I'm just going to go on my GPS and then we just going to take it from here. I was like, you know, where we, I was like, you know, where we at right now. She was like, not really. But the GPS was just telling me I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, we're going to walk this way. And then we're going to look at the GPS. We're like in the middle of Francisville, uh, like looking around, looking all lost. People all looking at us. I got my 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 work stuff on my suit on this little white girl next to me. And that's when it clicked in my mind. I was like, she just don't, she really doesn't understand like the possible danger that we could be in right now. Like, yeah, she really has no idea, like absolutely no idea. And that was when I said, yeah, yeah you gotta like realize that. Like that just like comes I think being being a black person in America, that shit is a responsibility. Like it comes, it comes with a lot, bro. Like I don't I don't think people realize just how much it is. I wouldn't change it for the world, but I think that. The more you know that it's a responsibility, I think I think you'll understand why it, it's hard to be with a a person from a different race, uh, especially white women, because I don't think that they really can fully understand the extent of how serious this shit is. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like psychologically, we have we just have, like we just have more to worry about. You know what I'm saying? It's like. like we, we have to be regular humans, right? And we have to worry about everything that comes with being a regular human. And then mm -hmm. you add our skin color to that, and it it ch it changes, it drastically changes kind of just the way that we perceive life, the way that we perceive the world around us. Um, I think that I think that a lot of black people, black men especially, too, have a lot of anxiety. Um, you know what I'm saying? I think that yeah. black men are very emotional. I think partly because um, women are very emotional and a lot of black men get raised by, are raised by women. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we're teaching black men how to be men and we're taking on a lot of those emotional, like feminine traits and things like that. Um, so yeah, that plus the anxiety, plus trying to just be a regular person and function in society. Um, you know, you got, and especially I feel like for, for people like us that grew up in white neighborhoods, I, I've always kind of felt like an outcast. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, like people don't really like me because I grew up in a white neighborhood, but and then I'm in a white neighborhood where the white kids are racist. You know it's what I'm like, saying? It's like we constantly on security mode. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, definitely. Always trying to protect our person. Like, it's definitely, it's definitely different because I, I, I have had conversations with people where they would question my blackness. Right. Me and, too. Like I'm, I'm that shit really offends me because you, you, first of all, you don't know me like that. Like you can't question my blackness. You don't know how I was raised. Like I, 
I'm I think I'm more black than a lot of a lot of niggas that that grew up in the hood. Like just, your geographical area don't make you more black than a than somebody yeah, else. I, I don't even I don't even know if it's a such thing as like more black, bro, because yeah. you really think about it, like you obviously have your um you, you have your black kids that like want to be white, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the rest yeah. of the black people. It's like we're off, like we all, even the black kids that want to be like, like they're still living, like they're still living the black experience. You know what I'm saying? So like, I don't even know if I would necessarily use the term as like saying, oh, this person is like more black than that person. I would just say that that person, like there's, there's a, there's a clear distinction into somebody who wants to be white. And then somebody who's just like, who has like white tendencies but is still like living the black experience and still trying to like find their footing in the black community. You know what's crazy about that though? Like, you know how we went to we went to a, like a white high school. So it was weird. What I noticed, I noticed this later, but like I definitely could understand. I would see like it would be like certain black kids that they chose to be like, I guess, a token in their little squad or whatever. Yeah. And it was definitely, it was definitely like. I look back on it, that's kind of weird to me. Like, I don't know. But I just feel like the the ones that you mentioned that like want to be white, I don't think that they had a moment as to where, they, where they where they like realize, oh shit, I'm different. You know what I mean? I don't think they had that moment yet. Hmm. And until until you really have that oh shit, I'm different moment. I mean kids that grew up like outside of a predominantly black area, like mm-hmm. I've I've known from jump that, you know what I'm saying, I'm different. You know, that's just something that I was raised with. Like my parents taught me that. Like you all the the two times is hard to get half as far, all that type of shit. Yeah. So I but I do understand that there's people out here who who don't get that. So they just think that everything is all peaches and cream and equal and shit like that. Right. That's like not being just being naive. Let me ask y'all a question. Mm-hmm. Um, which I was just talking about. So, like, I remember, and me and my mom still argue about this to this day. There, I forget where it's at. I think it's somewhere in Aston, but it's something. It's called like the Devil's Pool, like the Devil's Pit, or something like that. Where it's basically like a creek you can go in. It's like a little rope swing or whatever you can kind of like. Jump down okay. 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 When I was younger. And like my white friends used to do stuff like that. Like my mom never let me go. Like my mom was always like, "That's for white people. You shouldn't be going out there and doing that." But <laughs> something happened. You, your black ass gonna be the first person that they catch, and then blah blah blah. blah. So like, me and my mom always kind of get into that type of stuff because now that I'm older, that sort of like, it's for white people thing doesn't really affect me anymore. You know what I'm saying? It's like if it's something that I like to do, and it just so happens that white people do it majorly. And I still want to do it. I'm still going to do it, regardless of like whether it's for white people or not. Do y'all that, like, what do y'all think about that? Like, I I understand where she was coming from because you do have to take into consideration. All right, the era that she comes from, it was still, it was definitely still some overt racism out there. Like, and I I think that at the end of the day, the 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 first job as a mother is to make sure your kids are safe. So I think that's really what it came down to. But I, I definitely heard that before though. Like you sometimes you don't understand why they say what they say, but it is what it is, to be honest. And it's definitely some white activities I enjoy. Bro, but my thing is like my question is like, where is the line drawn between being a mom that your first thing is to protect your kids? Like, where's the line drawn between that and then 
teaching your kids to live in fear their entire life. Like I feel yeah. like I feel like and let me through on this, like I feel like like my mom was one that didn't really like let me like do much when I was in high school and stuff because she was just scared like I was just gonna get in trouble and I'd be like the first one to get it get in trouble and all that. So mm-hmm. like I, like my high school experience really didn't start to like late junior year, early senior year. Like that's really like when I started like getting out the house and like doing shit like with y'all and all that. Yeah. So like, I don't know. That's just my experience on it. I was mixing in high school, regardless. I know you were mixing. You were definitely you were super mixy bull, <laughs> heavy mixy bull, bro. Like I'd be like, "Yo, Kyrie and all them doing that. Like, let me go." He was like, "No, keep your ass in the crib." <laughs> Yo, bro. I, it's funny because I was just looking at the yearbook from from our graduation year, bro. Like you you won like most most flirtatious ass nigga. I'm like, well, this really was a mixy ass nigga. <laughs> oh man, I definitely won that, Joe, bro. Hey, listen, I was I was practicing, but you know what it taught me, bro? High school. It's I'm glad that I kind of was mixing in high school, bro, because now like now that I'm in college and now that I'm grown and everything like that, I'm not gonna say it's all out of me because it's definitely not. But like, I have a more clear view of like. A, like situations, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like, sure. whenever, like social situations and like especially situations with women, bro. It's like I I already understand your agenda. Like I get what's I get what's going on. Like I, I understand the little game. Like you want me to text you first, and then like you gonna text me back. You gonna wait a whole two days to text me back, and then like I gotta text you back, <laughs> bro. I don't do none of that anymore, bro. Like if you're not gonna talk to me, if you're not interested in me, it's cool. I'm done. Next jump. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't say that I was mixing in high school, but I definitely, definitely, I definitely had some freedom. So I, I, you're more mixing than I was. Come on now, bro, relax. I played a cool guy. I never did nothing. I'd never go out and all that shit. No, nah, bro, man. I really didn't, bro. I was chilling in the crib, nah, bro. Come on now. Um, Y'all got seen at Barnaby's, man. I'll be chill, people, I'll every time I'll be there, Kyrie. <laughs> Yo, you definitely, you definitely be right out in, on Gay Street, all that, bro. I'll be, I'll be seeing you, bro. Yeah, yeah, you chilling. <laughs> yeah, bro. I just be, I don't know, bro. I definitely feel like my high school experience definitely taught me how to be a master at code switch, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. like definitely. I was watching, I was watching, um, inside the actor studio, and Dave Chappelle was on there. He said, like, to be black in America is to be bilingual and that shit really stuck out to me because i was like that's crazy because like you really got to know when to turn it on and off like and i think that's a talent that most of us have that's like that nobody else can have like it's impossible like you're the only people with that bro like my roommate had to like learn that shit quick like he lived in philly like never seen a white person in his life bro and had Mm -hmm. to learn that shit quick come coming to college yeah bro and it's crazy because you have to use it as a tactic to like to progress in to like to progress in life like and it's almost sad to say that you can't just progress in life like being your own true black self like as, mm-hmm. as sad as that is to say like it's the truth bro like you can't like if you want to be successful bro just because of the statistics of the fields are dominated by white people bro it's you have to be able to mark it's all about marketing yourself yeah bro you gotta- a lot of people will say it's like it's selling out or a lot of people will say this and a lot of people will say that and it's like bro that's it's the same way that you market a company, bro. You have to appeal to your audience. If you want something, you have to appeal to the people that have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you just gotta know what face to put on. Like it's it's important in, to know that. Like I, 
it's not to me that was never selling out. I think it was I think it's smart to, you know, I'm saying be able to like change up on a moment's notice. You know what right. I mean? Yep. It's a survival instinct. It's definitely definitely a survival tactic, you know what I mean? Like I, I know I know me personally, like my internship over the summer, like I definitely wasn't like <clears throat> I definitely wasn't like my true self until like I was around like the other interns or whatever. But like when I was around like the full time people and all that, I was like very professional, you know what I'm saying? Like real yeah. real officey with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, corporate. You gotta put your, you put your corporate mask on. Yeah, you definitely gotta put your corporate mask for on. sure. So. Especially when you when you in a minority and you're a minority in an office space. I think that's right. the most important place to do it. Like, bro, or you know, the the caveat to that is you can start your own business and then you don't have to worry about any of that. That's that's my biggest reason right there. Yeah, for starting my business, yeah. bro. Like, <clears throat> when you when you create your own source of income, and it's enough to be able to sustain you, it creates you do it how you want. You can't have peace without freedom. So, like, the fact that hopefully, I ain't gonna even say hopefully because it's definitely gonna be what it is. One day, my my business will make me like financially free, right? And because of that, and because that, it'll be mine and it'll be an asset that I own. I get to have control of the way that I want to dress, the way that I want to talk, talk, who I want to speak with, when I want to speak to people. And I'm not saying I'm gonna be no arrogant, cocky person or anything like that. I'm just I'm not gonna have to follow the rules. Of like white of like white society and, and me having white corporate America. Yeah, I'm not, I don't I don't want to do that. I'm not, I'm not I don't want to do that anymore. So like I I never understood like how certain things would affect your ability to be able to perform a task. Like what I mean by that is like dressing in a, a suit and tie every day to go to work or or like having being clean being clean as far as like haircut or not having a tattoo or whatever like showing i just don't i don't see how that would you know what i'm saying affect your ability to be able to do your job yeah it doesn't bro like during my internship over the summer i had to it was bro it was the it's summertime bro i had to wear long sleeve I, you know i got sleeve um yeah. tattoos and I had to, I wore long sleeves, bro, for like half the internship. And one day, I really just woke up and was like, "Bro, I'm not I'm not doing it, bro. I'm not wearing a long sleeve. I'm just throwing on a polo." <laughs> and then since yeah. then, that's kind of really where where I where I kind of feel like I started to notice that like this really isn't what, like I don't want to have to be walking on eggshells all the time. Yeah. So yeah, for sure. Like I think I think ownership is very important, especially for Black people, because you just get to move how you want to move and like you being on your own terms as a black man is something that's so underrated like it's important for us i think to have some aspect of control because yeah, if bro. we don't then we just then we just feed in the, the same system that keeps us down definitely the first law of nature is self-preservation for sure that's deep that's true. so so back to uh, so back to the to, to the question, like, what are what what's y'all conclusion on it? Like, our conclusion, y'all think that it's, that, think it's it, that it could be. I don't think it's the black moms that's causing this. You gotta like who you like. That's my that's my conclusion out of it. Um, I think that I think that part of it comes from from the black. And again, I don't think that the black mom thing is a place from like is a place of toxicity. I think that it comes from a place of fear. Yeah. But I think that as like when you're young. And you kind of have that that experience. Like I said, it's like 
it's like when your parents tell you not to do something and you kind of have more of a um you get more like curious you know what i'm saying yeah and then i also think that part of it is just being a man bro like part of it yeah. like men we just like like i i want to experience different i like to experience different women that's just how i that's just how i am i don't care you white black puerto rico sure. you bad for me i think it's just <clears throat> it's all it's all about environment and experience you know what i mean like it's it's about where you are and what you go through Definitely. i really think that it's that simple i don't think that people can force force you to change your mind you know what i mean on a whole group of people based on one experience you had i just think i just think that's narrow-minded and you know what i'm saying i think it's dumb to closure you know what i'm saying your your purview just to to one specific thing off of one specific experience yeah it's made it rough though like um like whenever i'm like if i'm dating a black woman at the time or th bro there's been times where like i was out with a black woman or i was dating a black woman or whatever and she asked me if i ever dated a white girl before and i said yeah and that was just like the end of that you know what i'm saying it's, it's yeah like, bro i remember i remember one day like we was talking about it we was talking about it in the calf one day and i'm like and you was like yeah the black girls don't really fuck with me you know what i'm saying because yeah. they uh because they know that i was fucking with so-and-so not to put your business out there yeah it's um cool. but yeah i was i mean that that definitely happens too i think that could possibly be more of a reason than you know what i'm saying than moms you know yeah. what i'm saying because then it's like if y'all like i don't have no problem with y'all but it seemed like y'all got a problem with me so it's really not even up to me why would i talk to y'all yeah it's really not even up to me. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I mean, you know, but then again, I definitely, like I got my, I got away with words. So it don't, yeah. that, that ain't really been a, been a factor for me as a late. <laughs> yeah, bro. I de but I definitely have seen that, like that happen to some people, like they'll, the a black women will definitely get mad when they see a black man with a white chick. Yeah. I mean, I don't judge anybody. My only problem is when a black, a black dude, get with another race and then start bashing on black women that's that's yeah. my biggest problem yeah. those are those are the worst type of individuals ever bro like yeah black you, men that say they don't date black women that's like that's like you're that's you're just that's just weird to me yeah like or or they just got something negative to say about black women all the time like that's like bro like you you're you're the weirdo bro <laughs> like, yeah. like there's anything to say out your mouth yeah, yeah, right. bro. Um, I just want catching the Jordan doc tonight, huh? You been keeping up on the, the last dance? Nah, bro. I don't pay attention to that type of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I probably don't care for real, bro. Like I don't care. Last dance, like all right, Michael Jordan sells sells sneakers to bro. His demographic of people that he sells sneakers to is all poor black kids, but his sneakers is two hundred dollars. Yeah. I've seen this. I don't care what he's doing. <laughs> All right, bro. I just wanted to uh, say say thank you for coming. You know, spending your time with us, bro. It's Sunday, bro. I know you probably have other things to do. So, um, of course, bro. I appreciate it, bro. Yeah, of course. Anytime, man. I can't wait to be on next time when we talk about uh, the next project. Yeah. All right, for sure, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Of course, man. I'll catch y'all later. Thanks to Kyrie for that good interview, good insight. Uh, make sure if you want to start a business, go 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 get with him. Go get with him. We'll leave his info in the.
in the description and all that. But um, you wanna you wanna talk about the draft now? Uh, yeah, let's talk about the draft. So uh, where you wanna start at, bro? I mean, so basically, my notes. We just we just uh we just saw the NFL draft this past weekend. Um, we we from Philly, so we Eagles fans out here. Um, you wanna talk about you wanna talk about the Eagles and what they yeah. did? Yeah, let's talk about the Eagles. So uh, let's go. See so here. the Eagles had first round. All right, we'll go by we'll go by round, bro. I don't. I mean, we'll go by like the order they got picked in. So the first person who got picked was Jalen Rieger. How you feel about Jalen Rieger from TCU? Um, I don't like that we reached for him. I feel like I feel like picking him at twenty one was a reach, and that's not really the kind of receiver we needed per se. Um, I would have been happier. With a with a more with a big body receiver, you know yeah. what I mean. So I would have been cool if we would have traded down to get T Higgins, or if we was going take Rieger at twenty one, we might as well have just taken Justin Jefferson at twenty one instead. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then like, I, I was watching his highlights. I like his like he like got big playability. He got he fast as shit, and like I, he just like he was yeah. like. Uh, the kick return and punt return, That's but great. the 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 regression in his game from last year to this year is a little bit of cause for concern. Yeah, he uh he pretty much slashed didn't his regression like a, in half. Didn't he have like a sixteen percent like drop rate or some shit like that? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't know what that's about, but hopefully he can come in and help us out. You know what I'm saying? We we do want the Eagles to be as good as possible. Um, next. My Next fucking guy, my guy, fucking you know what I'm saying? The fucking goat, you know what I'm saying? My man Jalen Hurts, the boy, you know what I mean? The future of the franchise, you Bro, know shit. what I mean? Um, the Carson Wentz era is over, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? My man Jalen Hurts, he going to get it done for us. Bro, Carson, I, gets say, it. I like it though. Like everyone was hating on it, but Carson. Everybody gets- was definitely hating on it. Uh, all seriousness though, Jalen Hurts, definitely a great pickup. He got he got a skill set that that definitely fits today's NFL mm-hmm. as a quarterback. Um, he definitely improved every single season of his college football career, even though he had a little bumps in the road as far mm-hmm. as losing his spot to Tua. I mean, Tua is Tua, so I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not going to count that against him. Um, but he just was great. He's a winner, a worker. You know what I'm saying? I think. I think he he's a Philly guy. He he embodies everything that a Philly fan should love in a, in a player and in a quarterback. My man, my man, gonna win some games for us. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying I'm not saying he gonna be Tom Brady, but uh, he gonna get the job done for us. I like when I'm in the Taysom Hill role for the next like two years. Carson's on contract. Yeah, I, I think he. Can do more than the Taysom Hill role. Yeah. Uh, Taysom Hill is not a good thrower of the football, as good a thrower of the football as Jalen. Yeah. And I think that's just something that the Saints was able to carve out for him. But I think Jalen is a quarterback. He made that very clear. And he 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 does that very well. Yeah, I agree. All right. Next, uh Devon Taylor. What do you want to go Davion Taylor? Uh, um um, he's uh, I guess he's a linebacker from yeah. Colorado, like a 
like a Outside. like a hybrid. They yeah. said he's like a hybrid linebacker safety, uh, like a tweener. I mean, I, I ain't really watch much Pac-12 football this year, so I don't I don't know. His high, highlight. He like he had like speed, like a little bit of hit power. Yeah, a little bit of speed. He can cover. They probably gonna use him to cover tight ends. But you know, I like, like, like just to be like yeah. They'll probably use him to cover tight ends and and rush the pass every once in a while. Uh, he'll play in a limited capacity. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Um, and then Kavon Wallace. I'm I like really excited. I'm, like I'm excited about this one. He's a baller. He's definitely a baller. Uh, Clemson had a great secondary this year, and he was probably he was probably the reason why. Like he got the Brian Dawkins stamp of approval. That's yeah, all I need. That I saw that today. That's all I need. Um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, Clemson lost in the Natty, but he still showed up. Um, he consistent production over the course of his career. Steady guy, a leader. You know. Every everything you want in a safety, and I was actually getting kind of worried that um, we was just going to move forward with the DBs that we already had. Uh, I wasn't pretty. Sh- I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure about like going forward with McLeod mm-hmm. taking over that Malcolm Jenkins role. Yeah, but I, I think I think he could come in shit and challenge for the starting spot right away. If we keep in the buck. All right, uh, next, Jack Driscoll. You got that. I don't. I don't watch the offensive lineman. You got that. Chill, shit. chill. You know, uh, know you, you know, you a fellow offensive lineman, but you got that shit. Uh, you know, we got a big boy for the trenches. You know, a hog. A uh, very, very good player. He spent most of his time at right tackle at Auburn. Um, started a lot of games. Uh, he was just a steady, steady, steady presence. You know, I think he's gonna add some good depth to our O line. Um, he's a very good player. Strong good and run run blocking so you know and i think that with, with miles sanders we want to we want to cater to him yeah at almost as much as we cater to carson wentz because that that boy can play for real for real um john hightower uh i feel I like, like, I like i feel like this is just a safety pick for if case Jalen regger don't pan out because i feel yeah, like they I mean, have similar, similar like uh play styles this is this is definitely more of a depth type thing than anything. John Hightower, you know what I'm saying? He is a he is a taller receiver, uh, but he don't have much on his frame as of yet. So I I think that if we if we see him gain 15, 20 pounds um and fill out, I think he could he could be a player. You know what I mean? Um definitely it's definitely not a bad pick, especially when we don't have any receivers on on the roster that that's really like capable of making plays, uh, definitely, definitely a good pick for depth. Um, and anytime the Eagles draft a receiver, I'm with it because that's where we was we was lacking that a lot this season. Yeah, I, I fuck with all the speed that we got this year. It was a lot. And then um, we we also traded for uh, Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, that was tough. Um, Olympic jumper, you know what I mean? Uh 4-2 guy, you know what I'm saying? A good a good presence in the locker room. Um I would like to see him be healthy cuz last time we did see him healthy, he had a he had a 1000-yard receiving season. So uh, I do I do want to see that. Uh next next up, this I think this was my favorite Eagles pick of the draft. Uh Sean Bradley from Temple. Um 
if if you know anything about Temple football, he wore number five, and um, all the single digit numbers at Temple are are uh, are reserved for the Temple tough players, the ones that embody what uh, what Temple football is all about. This dude, a hard nosed player, he's smart. He he filled the gaps. He played the run very well. Um, everything he do is at a hundred percent. I think he's one of those dudes that you take late in the draft, but end up carving out like a 10, 12 year career and just be like a steady presence in somebody defense for, for, for years. And, and I really like this pick. Oh, yeah. I like it too a lot. Like you said everything that I needed to say, like he comes to Philly, he comes over in Philly and be a backup. You know I mean, he might, he might be able to start for real, for real. Keep it he a might, buck. They definitely going to start him out on special teams, not try to do too much with him. But um, uh, he's definitely the type of the type of player that's going that's going to overachieve and excel for sure. And I think he was he was one of the better linebackers in the country last year. And um, Temple is a team that constantly overachieves. Um, it's definitely a program on the rise. It's a lot of big things happening there. Um, next uh, was a receiver, Quez Watkins from Southern Miss. Don't know too much about him. Um, he just, I guess at this point, we just got death picks. You know what I mean? Yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't look him up either. I didn't, look I didn't really look him up. Um, it was a couple points in the draft where I was like questioning what they was doing, but um, they just bringing him in to compete for a receipt for yes. a for a spot on the roster. He'd probably be a special team or two, yeah, uh, be the uh, fifth or sixth receiver on the depth chart. Uh, hopefully, he can produce something and find a find a niche for himself on a team. And then <laughs> we got another another big dog. Prince mm-hmm. Tega, Prince Tega, Winoko. I'm fucking his name up. Prince, name. From this another another SEC boy, um, big physical tackle from Auburn. Auburn's O line was probably one of the better O lines in the SEC. They had they had a freshman quarterback, so you know they had to you, be. When yeah, they had to be sturdy. When you got a freshman quarterback, uh, you gotta you gotta make sure he the job is as easy as possible for him. Um, and they did that. Uh, Auburn always got a good run game. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited that we got a lot of O-line depth because over the past few years we have had some injuries in our O-line. You know what I mean? Mm. The only the only O-lineman that we've had that hasn't been injured is Kelsey. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's so, so, I think we we need a lot of we need a lot of depth. You know, what I'm saying at that position because that's that's the most important position on the field. If we keeping it funky, is the big boys. Uh, All right. Last. Lastly, uh, from Stanford, we got a uh, outside linebacker, edge rusher type, Casey Tuhill. Um, he came from Stanford, so you know he's highly intelligent. You know he'll learn the system, pick it up. Um, a little, a little bit undersized, not too much. You know what I'm saying? He, he can rush the passer. Well, he makes, he makes big plays when big plays need to be made. 
don't really have the the build that a lot of edge rushers have, but what what he lacks in kind of like physical stature and, and strength he makes up for with with ability to just play football. You know what I mean? He's a football player. And he he played he played a good role for a good team. So I think you know he could come in, get a spot on the team, uh play in spots. How would you grade their draft? Um, I don't think I'll say about a B. They they tried to address needs. They they did okay. I was gonna see like a B minus C plus. Yeah, solid. You know, it was it wasn't it wasn't the Lions. It wasn't the Lions draft. You know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't the Raiders draft, but you know we'll terrible. see. It wasn't terrible. It definitely was not terrible by any stretch of the imagination. I think that, you know, it's still some moves to be made. And um, we'll just see how it goes from there, to be honest. No cap. But uh, <laughs> talk about the stuff from the draft. Uh, C.D. Lamb. And, <laughs> and his girl. And his girl, yeah. Which yeah, was we found out was Trey Young's old girl. Yo, that definitely what Trey Young got shut down on Twitter. Yo, they was like, ain't that your old work, Trey? Ain't that your old work, Trey? Get your dumb ass up. Um, but if y'all don't know, we talking about uh CD had just got drafted and the camera was on him, you know, everybody was at their crib, social distancing and whatnot. His girl was sitting next to him, tried to grab the phone. My man did the quickest thing I didn't ever see anyone do, grab the phone back strong and quick as hell. I'm like Wow, bro. See me, the faithful black man that I am. I understood what he was doing. He was he was waiting on the call from his agent, and and she and she was wilding out. She 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 didn't trust my man. You I'm feel me? You, I'm gonna let you create this narrative for the pod, but we gonna keep pushing. <laughs> Why you hating? Nothing. I'm not hating on nobody. But um. Yeah, that that was out of pocket. Like he he was called. He was talking to the uh, probably talking to the team on on his talking on his, to the Cowboys. You know, on the, the phone Cowboys with Jerry on one phone. Agent had to call the bat phone. Yeah, yeah, on his business phone. And then she tried to grab his personal phone, try to go through it when he wasn't peeping. Like that, that's not thorough. I hope she that's gets crazy, dropped in the man. next week or so. She probably won't. She probably will. Probably Trey Young dropped her. There must be a reason why. I doubt it. How you know she didn't drop Trey? No way in hell she dropped he that she dropped Trey Young. Trey Young left and she top got the big pick. dog on campus. It's a top five pick, bro. Trey Young left and she got the big dog on campus. Bro, that's cool, bro. You saying anything? That's what you think. As an NBA player, bro, NBA players make more than NFL players. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. CD is a cowboy, so he could probably make as much bread as an NBA player. You tripping? Because he's bro. a cowboy. You tripping, bro. And CD's a real nigga. <laughs> All right. So next was the mom pulling the white girl off of her son. I don't know who it was, but that shit was on. Oh, it was uh, Isaiah Wilson from Georgia. He had just got drafted. Um, Yeah, yo, that was just a wild scene. I don't know what was yeah, going uh, on with that. Got a scene for y'all. His girl uh, was his girl was on, on him, like barely could see his face, and his mom came over. Gripped her up on the side and like pulled, like pulled her off, bro. Pulled her off, basically, and then That's she pulled her out of the screen, bro. Like that's out of pocket. It was really out of pocket. I'm like, wow, like this, this what we doing on national TV, but 
hey, I mean, I guess when when we on Zoom, you you see a lot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was they was zooming on that joint. <laughs> All so right. he was gonna see some things, you know what I that mean? But I was waiting for that. But now nah, let's but, talk about ES made me drawing on niggas though. Like that's exactly they- what I was about to say. My least favorite part of the draft was they was running, they was talking the craziest stories from these men's childhood. Like, wow, yeah. I get it. I get it's it. Like, they they had they the had some traumatic addiction for 16 years or some shit, yo. Yeah, bro. Like I see. I mean, I get it. Got all A's in high school and shit. Like nobody gives a fuck about that shit right now. Like that's not. Good I get enough. it. A lot of them have had like traumatic things happen in the past, but I don't, I don't think that the the draft is where you highlight that. Like yeah. I get that they gave ESPN permission to do it, but ESPN should know better than the to run it on draft day. Like it's one thing if you want to if you want to do like a little feature piece on them or something like that and just tell them, you know, tell us where they from and, 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 and what they did growing up. But I don't, I don't think the draft is the place for that. You know, just tell me, just tell me who my team is getting and the type of player he is and, and the type of person he is and keep it pushing. You NBA, know I, mean? never, bro. I feel like, I feel like the NBA might have NBA done it. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure because you know the draft was last year, so it's not fresh in my mind. But I'm sure it's happened. I don't believe I don't. I don't remember anything from that. But I mean, the Adam Silver would never. <laughs> Adam Silver would never let that. He wouldn't let it rock. Uh, He's not letting it rock. No, yeah, no, but no. that was definitely my least favorite part of the draft this year. But this is not a sports podcast, so we're not going to take up too too much of y'all time getting into right. the so let's the nerdy shit. So let's talk about let's, <laughs> let's talk about Rory and Maul on our favorite podcast, Joe Budden. So they uh, what was it, Wednesday, I think. Larry? Yeah. So basically, our favorite podcast that we listen to here is the Joe Budden podcast. And for those of y'all who don't know, they they got two co-hosts named Rory and Maul. And on one episode, they said they asked who had better mixtapes. Mm-hmm. Maul dumbass had the nerve to say Fab got better mixtapes. Then Lil Wayne basically said that I don't know if you listened to this. Do you listen to the episode yet? Or yeah, I did. Okay, but um, they basically said that Lil Wayne puts out more mixtapes and more songs, but his his music's mixtape music's not better than Fab's, basically. And Maul Maul was trying to say that Fab's been doing this for so long, and he's trying to showcase his like catalog. His catalog is nineteen ninety nineteen ninety. 90s to now, but he wasn't. Maul was not prepared for a battle, bro. Listen, but it, Lil it, Wayne, even, even Lil Wayne, before, before you go, before you go, because I know what you're about to say. But before I even go, he shouldn't even took that battle, bro. No one fucking with mixtape Wayne, bro. But go ahead. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> Wayne's body of work, as far as mixtapes, is untouched. Nobody, nobody will have a greater run of mixtapes than Wayne. He got so many different series of mixtapes. He got No Ceilings, Dedication, The Drought. I, I, the list goes on. I just don't see anybody fucking with his catalog. Now, that might be because of the era that I'm from, and that's really what I grew up on. You know what I'm saying? But mixtape Wayne is different. Mixtape Wayne is... 
<laughs> mixtape Wayne is the goat, bro. Probably fifty, bro, and all his genius. Probably, probably fit. But even then, like Wayne just got so much, bro. Wayne yeah. just got so much, bro. It's like, wow. Like Roy didn't even Roy didn't even like scratch the surface of Wayne's like mixtape catalog. Still, they did twenty each, and I think Roy probably won that. It was. I think we had seventeen like, to three. Seven. No, I, I had it seventeen. I, 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 I think we had it. I think we had a 14-6. I think we had a 14-6. You think so? Yeah. Listen, I, I see. We were texting each other back and forth. In the comments, in the comments on the IG live. Some people definitely I had saw, like, I saw people had it like 18. I, I seen a clean sweep. I seen 20 of. Yeah. I seen a couple clean sweeps. I'm like, I mean. Uh, you're not getting disrespect fab like that, though. Yeah, bro. you can't you can't disrespect fab, but at the end of the day, I don't think. Fab, Fab's best mixtape, not not fucking with a mid mixtape from Wayne. If we keeping it a buck, no, nah, not at all. And Lil Wayne don't put out no mid mixtapes. Yeah, exactly. But like, um, it's crazy. My man Mo really fucked it up, bro. He took Fab, an L. Fab, Fab, Fab probably. Fab, Fab probably called that man and cussed him out. Fab, Fab probably called him and cussed him out. As he should. And little and Lil Wayne was in there. Bunch of niggas were in there. It was yeah, no, these these IG live battles is really just like I think it's a good way to to stay connected and 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 keep people entertained mm-hmm. during this whole time. Like even we even we did one like just on some on some calm shit. We only we only had like 10, 11 people in our live, but it was it was entertaining, it was fun. Yeah. I just think that it's like you know I won that John though, keeping a bean. I you didn't, you didn't I, I had more than you. More what? Bro, I had more wins than you. I won like the first like ten. Oh, we want to keep no. it a beat. No, you didn't. That's did. that's a, that's for another day, bro. But I just think that I just think that this is is a way to keep keep people entertained, keep people smiling through this hard time. You know what I mean? I I think it's just a a, a good way to build camaraderie and and all that. Um, <laughs> we we gotta find we gotta find ways to stay stay up during this time stay mm-hmm. uplifted be positive so i think little things like that really is really what does it um and but, uh, let's get into that that struck up a conversation though yeah uh we saw they said who went in a playlist battle a battle of hits uh jay-z versus drake so i'm assuming i'm assuming they're gonna go for 20 for 20 mm-hmm. like how like how they do again in every battle that we've seen but uh, that's actually like a tough one because Jay Z, Jay Z is the goat, unquestioned. Like nobody ever going in my mind, nobody ever going past Jay Z. Nobody ever going like top Jay Z, be over Jay Z. Nothing like Jay Z is the undisputed goat, and it's no argument. Don't at me. You know what I'm saying white people don't tell me Eminem is better than Jay Z because Eminem really fast for real. Fuck that nigga. But that's that's for a different day. Um, I, I got think Drake. I got Drake. I'm a, I'm, I would, I could, I could see, I could see Drake winning that. I could see Drake winning that. And to be honest, I think Drake has more recognizable mainstream hits than Jay Z. Depending on, I say it's depending on who. The who, yeah, who is it for? Who's who it for? Because if they're gonna put it on IG, obviously everyone's gonna say it's oh, probably gonna be Drake. 
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Probably but Drake, like, like probably eleven nine, probably eleven. It's it's not gonna be a blowout. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But I think that all things being equal, you know what I'm saying. But our generation don't even, for some reason, our generation don't show Jay Z the respect that he deserved. Because they don't listen, like they don't grow up. So Drake, they probably don't, they don't understand, you know what I'm saying, what Jay-Z really talking about. You know what I'm saying? But that's that's what I grew up on. That's what I that's what I had playing in the house when I was a youngin'. So yeah, I'm I get it. But um I think I'm gonna say Drake slightly edging that one out because I do think that Drake got like some some more, you know what I'm saying, mainstream recognizable hits, even though every time they do do a track together. Jay Z will watch Drake on that John. That's true. But what what songs they do together? Uh, they did they did light up on on thank me later, mm-hmm. and then on nothing was the same. They did pound cake, and then most recently they did talk up. I mean i I wasn't really a fan of talk up like that, so it is what that that was what it was. But light up, then and, pop, and and pound pop, cake, pop up. Jay-Z had, like, a bar on yeah. that song. So I'm not even going – I'm not going to go there. I think he cut – Drake cut both him and Ye versus. The album version, but – Yeah, but – Yeah, Drake – Jay-Z outraps Drake when they be, like, on the, on the track track together. Yeah, I agree. But, um, I mean, a hit a, – a, a battle – and the better rapper is two different things, though. So if Drake win that joint, he win that joint. Keep it a bean. Um, you care about this Fortnite concert and Travis Scott had? No, the, the Travis Scott concert. Um, I just think it's a good way to like. I know it was cool. Like, I mean, I know that that was definitely like. I definitely think it was something for the kids because my little brother, he was he was there on time. Like, like, like you had to be at a concert. Like, I mean. I we already went to a Travis Scott concert, so like, yeah, I think the artists just trying to do, just trying to do something to keep their fans engaged. Yeah, uh, right now, you I know, because like it different. was it was promo, it was promo for his little his little track with Kid Cudi, and yeah. they just announced they doing an album together. But I did watch it with my little brother. I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. It was only like fifteen minutes. Like he just did like a set of songs that we already know, uh, like a set of hits real quick, and um. Visually, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, like my little brother, like, was just sitting there captivated by it. Like, I it was cool, man. I I just, I mean, I wasn't too hype about it, but yeah, we see. I like, I like, I like Travis. So I like Travis. So I I sat there and watched it with my little brother. It was, it it wasn't nothing crazy. Uh, it was just some cool visuals on Fortnite. Um, they 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 had it. They had his little sneakers on there. My little brother thought that was. That was cool. He did. It was like some outfit changes, scenery changes. Um, I think Fortnite did a good job at paying attention to detail when they was when they was designing it. But that's that's really all I got to say about it. I'm excited to hear that. I think it's a really good uh, concept for like rappers, singers, artists right now to do like all these like IG battles, IG concerts, like little stuff like that. It's like just keeping them engaged, keeping them. Like the like outreach to the fans and all that. Yeah, just, for sure. Uh, make sure that they follow and so they like there's like a lot of artists don't make money off of like going on tours and all that and they can't right now. So like doing shit like yeah. that. It's definitely a good way to interact. Um 
I'm definitely excited to listen to this uh this little track that him and Kid Cudi got together. I don't know if it dropped or not yet. The Scots have dropped already, but they it, it dropped. Yeah. But the but the project that they're doing didn't drop, so I got to check out the track. You know what I'm saying, and see what's popping with it. Yeah, so, me. All right, uh, let's talk about your boy, Kim Jong Un. Listen, um, allegedly he had a a failed heart surgery. I'm not sure. I I'm heard. Sure yo, I, TMZ said he was dead. I heard other people saying he's still alive. And so uh, I don't know. So I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens now um, as far as what's going on with North Korea. I think it's a very, it's a very tricky situation um, as far as North Korea. I know my man Dennis Rodman a little hurt if bro, it's Dennis true. Dennis Rodman, Dennis I called Dennis like, yo, I'm about to fake this shit. Don't say nothing to nobody. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, Dennis Dennis like, All right, I got you. I'm going to be over there. Dennis a real nigga. Mm-hmm. But, um, I, I really have no idea. I mean, I'm waiting to further comment uh, until we got some confirmation. Um, it could just be like some sort of, you know what I'm saying, some sort of game they playing. But um, I I wouldn't I, – I don't I don't play with death and things like that. So I'm just going to leave speculation to the, to the media. And, uh, yeah, we go from there. All right, you want to you want to get in you want to get into the shits? Yeah, you talk about the doc. Yeah, the last dance. Uh, All right, so the last dance just ended what like forty two minutes ago. Episode. Yeah, last this it, is it's Sunday right now. You know, what I'm saying we just saw episode three and four. We didn't get a chance to talk about one and two because we we was podding earlier in the day, but we just uh we saved the pod for after after the last dance so we can um so we could talk about it. Uh, you you want to talk about all four, or we can, yeah, we can talk about all four. Um, so it started off with the backstory of like Jordan coming from Carol, uh, North Carolina, and how his like upbringing and everything like that. Then episode, I want to know how I want to know how Michael Jordan go from such a nice kid, you know, upbringing, uh, a a nice little middle class upbringing in in the South. You know what I'm saying? Good home good good family you know what i'm saying he had the love of his parents they were supportive to to the to the mic that that became a degenerate gambler because he was on the cocaine circuit circus punching teammates in the crib in the face punching teammate drinking mike mike looked like he'd been drunk since the day he retired (laughs) (laughs) on his uh, retirement speech the, he's off the off the he off the brown every time I see him. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, but I mean right. I will one thing I will say is all that all that aside, my personal feelings about Michael Jordan aside, the I man is great. I just thought it was crazy how like they said James Worthy was the best player on North Carolina for two weeks. Like that's how fast yeah. like he like was able to like just become that like good, I guess. Michael Jordan is almost like has almost reached Wilt Chamberlain levels of urban myth. Mm-hmm. But like the only thing is, we got video, Mike. Yeah. So the shit that he did was amazing. But the old heads be, they, they be skewing it a little bit. They be gassing Mike a little bit. 
They did I know I didn't see Mike miss a clutch free throw tonight. Right. I know I well, see Mike miss a clutch free throw. Oh, we not, we not there yet, bro. You know I couldn't wait to be on his head, bro. I said too much good stuff about him, bro. I said too much good stuff about him, bro. Calm down. All right. So then, all right. So they just talk about um Jordan. Oh, episode one is the sixty-three points against the Celtics, though, where they lost. Niggas, niggas yeah. talking about this, bro. Oh. Niggas talking about the sixty-three, like he won that shit, bro. In the first round, too. In the first In round, the- bro. I thought he won that shit, bro. Two K even had. Him I thought shit. he won the game, bro. I thought he won the game, bro. And on 2K, they had him win that shit. Like when the he Jordan scored 63, he scored 63. My man Larry still cooked him. Larry Legend, you know what I'm saying? Even though he said God was on the court or whatever, like he got yeah, disguised with Michael Jordan. He was just dicky, and that's what you guys say when you beat a nigga real quick, and he he still ball on you. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that wasn't about nothing. He, I mean, he was just giving it up to his opponent, being a good sport. You know, that's all that was. <laughs> All right. But I, I, what I, my one of my takeaways from this is, what episode one? We only talk about episode yeah, one. Yeah, bro. yeah, 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 yeah. Jerry, Jerry Krause. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Jerry Krause. He wasn't. He wasn't a bad GM. He wasn't bad at his job. I think he's really good GM. I think. I think. Just, I, think uh, I think he wanted the better GMs in NBA history. Yeah, definitely. If you if you look at it, he found he found Phil Jackson. Mm-hmm. He found Scotty Pippen. He's found Scotty. He put a team around Michael Jordan and that was successful. <clears throat> that could that could that could ensure Mike's success for a long duration of time mm-hmm. instead of just putting together one team. And then after the first three peat, he basically put together another supporting cast outside of Mike and Scotty, and they did the same thing. So I I mean he does deserve some credit, but I think where the problem comes into play is like so basically it was three egos at play here. Mike, Phil, and Jerry. Yeah. I think that the GM in this situation, which is Jerry, should swallow his pride and let it go. Because you're not going to get as much credit as a Michael Jordan. Yeah. You're not going to get as much credit as the head coach. And I think I think that's where the issue was, though, because it he was the credit that he think he, he thought he deserved. And he just the issue. I mean, he, he probably knew that he wasn't going to get Michael Jordan credit. Like, because I mean, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, whatever. But I think the issue was like. Nigga, I found Phil. Now Phil getting all the love. Like, what's yeah. up, cuz? Uh, we'll get we'll get into that. That's an episode four. But. but but the thing the thing about my my thing is you not you not out on front street every day. Yeah. Everybody sees Phil every game. He coaching the team. Like he he putting it, he putting it, he putting it all together. He doing the X's and O's. You're not there doing the X's and O's. You just you just you just signing checks and, and and finding the players, which is no, that's a big feat. Like that's everything the organization has to go in in one accord. But you're not gonna get that kind of credit. Yeah. Um. um so episode two. Episode two was I Scotty. Really yeah, I'm really remembering Scotty's story. So the crazy, um, the craziest thing from Scotty's episode was that. We found out that for seven years, Scotty was getting paid two point eight million, which is the equivalent yeah. of getting paid like Tabo Sevlosha. This is like 
a bottom of the line NBA player. And right Scottie now, Scottie Pippen was the 122nd highest paid player in the NBA during in that 19, in 1991. And then, and he was making 2.8. And the 122nd ranked player in the NBA this year is Andre is Andre Robertson, and he's no, making was, 10. Oh, he's making 10, bro. It was Andre Robinson, bro. He trashed, bro. He can't even make a layup, bro. My man really, like, he can't. That's the same nigga that makes, shoots free, uh, free, uh, air balls at the free throw line. He can't. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty not good enough to make Andre Robinson money, bro? I guess not. Back so basically, what happened, But the, what was crazy Listen, is that. Scotty signed a deal before the NBA really took off, got the, got all, like, the corporate bread which, and stuff. Which, which was is because- cool. Because he had his, he was had a tough up, uh, upbringing. Like his family was like he had two people with wheelchairs in his family. Like he just wanted to do good. Yeah, his family, so yeah. So like he just wanted to like make sure like his family was straight. So he just took the uh, like any deal for like the longest time as possible. Because as athletes, yeah. Because athletes like they bodies don't always stay the same. You don't know how good you're gonna be. You never know when like a serious injury is gonna happen. So like I can't he, blame. I don't blame him at all. But I God, think he's a good, good, thing good down home Arkansas boy with a good heart. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A, a true southern gentleman, Scotty is. But what I took, and, but I, like the crazy thing I took from there was that, like, Michael Jordan was like, yo, Scotty's being selfish. Like, nigga, you making 32 million. The next high is 33. And the next high is making six, bro. Like, come on now. And you, and, and I'm the second, and I got almost got MVP when you left. Like, come on now. And then. Mike made 33 that year. And then the next year, he made 36. And he, or he Scott, oh, oh, wait, no, that was the year Mike was making 36. And the year before that, he made 33. So yeah. in two years, Mike just made $69 million. And Scotty made five in two yeah, years. Maybe, if that. I, I don't understand how he's being selfish for okay. uh, sitting out, taking his time with his foot. Well, this was this was later on. This was this was 90... 97, 98. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty said, "I'm not gonna let them fuck up my summer if they not, yeah, not bread, getting me breaded." <laughs> Scotty trying me. to have a hot girl summer, bro. <laughs> I knew you were to say that shit. Scotty wanted to have a hot girl summer, bro. I can't even blame him, bro. Not at all. I can't even blame Scotty, bro. Um, Scotty was probably the most important person to Michael Jordan's success besides Phil. Maybe you think I agree. I agree. Without um, Scotty, he wouldn't have been without Scotty, he didn't make he didn't make it out the first round. Uh without Scotty. This is not this is not me insulting Michael Jordan. This is me stating the facts. Um he definitely wouldn't have beat the Pistons without Scotty. When when they did when they was able to you know what I mean, but uh, yeah, I think I think Scotty Scotty got did a little dirty because they told him that they won't renegotiate. But at a certain yeah. at a certain point though, you you gotta you gotta work with your stars. You gotta you gotta star player. You gotta work with them. Even, back like, everybody, you treat your stars different. Every but in. Throughout the history of sports, bro, the stars have been treated a little bit differently. Okay, you but like that. you knew, but back like now, like the, the players run the NBA. If we're keeping, if we're being honest, back then it was still on that old set of way that 
even said it. Jerry Krause even said it. he said I don't I don't need I don't need basically I don't need Jordan. I don't need uh, Phil. Like I can make another team now compete. And we let's see where we at now. I don't know. I think he might have been a little close if Jay Williams never would have got hurt. If Jay Williams never got hurt, we'll see, I guess he he might have he might have he might have because when Jay Williams got drafted in 02. yeah, that's but that was his last year. Yeah, no, his last year was two thousand. I think the season it was oh three. His last year was oh three. Yeah, and they was in the lottery up to that point. But I think Jay Williams probably would have been that guy. Yeah, y'all don't y'all don't know about Jay Williams though. This is not a Jay Williams podcast. Where you go to college? Why are you dicking? Where where you go to college? He got hurt. It don't matter. He where you go to college though? He didn't. He didn't go to the, the superior school. Where you go he to went college? to Duke. He went to Duke, oh, so I guess he was all right. Okay, okay, okay. You, this one, you be you be slobbing right. on Duke now. All right. Next episode uh, was number three, and we talked about Dennis Rock. Three. We could put three and four together because it was like more like the Dennis and Phil episodes. Nah, it was like three and four, two separate ones. Because they're talking about like Dennis Robin coming to Dennis. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, they were together. I guess you're right. You're right. You're it was right. like it was like it was like a Dennis Phil type of thing. Like Dennis, a different nigga. Before we start talking about this, I just want every every basketball fan who be who be into the league fits and all that. Dennis Robin started it all. Dennis yeah. Robin is the the swaggiest bull to ever play in the NBA. Is no debate. No, no arguments, none of that. Dennis is the 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 goat when it comes to this drip. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to the tunnel fits, he was doing it first. You know what I'm saying? He was his soul. Everything you see Nick Young wearing, Dennis did it first. My man was practicing in pajamas, nigga. Premium pajamas. Practicing. Yeah, right, so let's talk about that. So then, so when Scotty got back, they told Dennis. Dennis told him, "I need a vacation." And Mike, like, what? I, you need a vacation? And he Mike like, said, "Nigga, I need a vacation." Yeah. So Phil's like, "All right, you got forty-eight hours uh, to come back," and you know damn well he he used that he went way past forty hours. So Mike had to go to, to Vegas. Mike had to go to Vegas to pull him out of his bed with Carmen Electra in there and take him back to practice. He came to practice. You think with you think you think Mike just went straight to Vegas and came straight back? Keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. No, bro. He's probably he was probably in the area. He was probably in the vicinity. And he was like, ah, Mike ain't go to Vegas and go straight back, bro. He ain't go straight like, back ah. to Chicago. He was like, ah, shit, I gotta get Dennis while I'm here. No, Mike. Mike went to go play the slots. He went to go to the tables real oh, quick, bro. Like, he's like, ah, I might as well go down here, gamble a little bit, then on my way to pick up Dennis. Yeah, let me let me let me go let me let me go fuck with the tables real quick. Like, yeah, and then that's so really he, what he's doing, bro. And he's just like, I'm while well, I'm here, I might as well just grab Dennis. So yeah. So he grabbed Dennis. Dennis came in his PJs to practice. Wild and hopped on the treadmill, trying to get back in shape. Um, what else happened that episode? That was three. Damn, that, that 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 '98 season. It it really showed me that Mike is really the best when it comes to the media, like. They that team went through a lot that year. Yeah, and Mike just told the media what what what, what the media should know, and it was it was nothing. Like he didn't tell them anything. Like, I mean, I don't think it's anybody in today's NBA that's as good with the media as Mike was. 
Um, maybe, maybe Braun, but sometimes even Braun be having his little, his little shit with the media. <clears throat> but uh, I don't think there's nobody better with the media. Goat, goat type shit as far as the media shit. But Braun better than Mike. Um, we gonna debate that another day because you know, fuck Mike. Still at the end of the day, I, I'm saying too much good shit about him again. I don't like speaking good about Michael Jordan. It make me feel weird. Um. So what else? Oh, they talked about the Pistons, the Bad Boy Pistons. Yeah. They fried yeah. the out of Michael Jordan for all them years. They did. They was. They had Mike. They had they, Mike going through it. Yeah. They just basically made him change his whole entire game so that they so that he can beat them. Yeah. I. I think the Pistons. The Pistons definitely don't get the respect they deserve for what they contributed to that era of basketball. Um, I don't think we'll ever see another team as good defensively as them. Like that they, they had they had Dennis Rodman picking up Mike and Scotty 94 feet. No shit. Like <laughs> anybody who think Dennis was just like a good defender is is sadly mistaken. Dennis might be the greatest defender ever. Or one of them. Like, Dennis is really crazy on the defense, bro. And that's that's what made the Bulls crazy when Dennis got to the Bulls because you had you had three yeah, premier yeah. defenders on that team. Yeah, yeah, Jordan had, and Robin. I also want to point out that Michael Jordan, he he hit that shot in the first round of the playoffs. Like, that shot that everybody got a picture of in their barbershop, in their man cave, or wherever they keep all their Jordan memorabilia at. That was that was a first round shot, bro. Yeah, the niggas be hyping that shit out like it's Easter. They be Conference. hyping it up like I'm th- I'm thinking like he hit that shot over Craig Elo in the in Easter the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, like uh, to the champion the finals, bro. Like, come on now, bro. And then <laughs> any fucking and shot. then first of all, that shit wouldn't have happened if they would have put my nigga Ron Harper on Mike. He was shutting all that shit down. Mm-hmm. Ron Harper was like, "Fuck this shit, we about to lose." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Ron, Ron really had one line in that whole gym, but he made it count, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, I just I just think that um that that team definitely overcame a lot to get where they was supposed to go. And that um it shows a lot about the players they had on the team, the, the coach, the coach had guidance. I think Dennis, to go back to Dennis, I think Dennis was a very misunderstood individual. Very, you know what I'm and it took a special kind of group of people to to get Dennis to maximize on his talent. You know what I mean? If that meant him going to Vegas for two or three days in the middle of the season, like then that's what he I had guess to do. Had to do. Like when he was with the Spurs, like they didn't they didn't let him do that. But I again more credit to Jerry Krause. <laughs> he took wow. that leap. Most people wasn't willing to take on Dennis. And so, then uh ended by with them beating the Pistons finally and Pistons walking off. Uh, yeah. I, ducking through the crowd, basically. And, Yo, he wasn't ducking, bro. He was just walking, bro. He was just walking. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he was, he was real shit about the Celtics is the same shit. If Mike didn't come up to – who was that? Kevin McHale, right? And yeah. dapped him up. Isaiah. Isaiah. Or Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah went up to uh dap kevin mckell they would have basically just kept walked out and not say nothing first but they of didn't all the pistons for that and isaiah first of all fuck that nigga mike i'm not shaking his hand either his bitch ass i'll smack the dog shit out of mike if i ever seen mike 
Oh, bitch ass nigga. Shut your dumb ass up. But um, and then they ended up beating the Lakers. My man Magic basically had AIDS at that point. So yeah, he had AIDS, bro. That was like his last game, bro. Like he Magic retired, was chilling. He retired after, I think. No, he he re- that was his last game. Oh, that was the last game. Yeah, for the like then, cause didn't he come back in like yeah, ninety six or something like that? I think Magic came back in ninety six because he retired in ninety one once he got HIV, and then he played the Olympics the next summer. But that was the last time we seen Magic play basketball for a few years. Yeah. Um. So so Magic knew that he was on his way out though. Yeah, he was basically passing the torch in so many words. Yeah. He did. He did say that though. He did yeah. say that. But um, Magic. They didn't have Kareem either, right? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, the Lakers beat him in five. That's cool, I guess. I guess they still is they no Warriors. You know what I mean? Like yeah, no bronze. The, the Lakers wasn't no Warriors. You know what I'm saying? I I still haven't seen a team equivalent to the Warriors. That they played, but I mean, I guess I guess Jordan the goat. If that's if that's what niggas want to say, like, I guess. You got anything else more to say? Um, about about the the, the doc. Yeah. Um, I think every time we talk about the doc, I'm gonna end with a with a with a with a nice fuck you, Jordan. Just just so niggas don't get it confused. Um, uh, he's a bitch. I think this is a good time to talk about my theory, though. What's your theory? <laughs> my theory that I could beat ninety-five percent of the niggas in the NBA. Uh, it's a different. This is a different day. This is. <laughs> yeah, twelve o'clock in the morning right now. We definitely not talking about how you can beat ninety percent of the NBA right now. Bro, right. I really think that none of them niggas can't really fight. Um, besides James Johnson, um, LeBron for obvious reasons. That nigga biggest shit. I, I can't. I can't fuck with Bron. But you, but, but you beating up Giannis now. Okay, bro. All right, let's say our goodbyes. Let's I, mean, I didn't say I could beat up Giannis. I said I would smack Giannis, smacking. and he wouldn't, Giannis and, he, and he not doing nothing about it. I guarantee Giannis not doing nothing about it. He a hoe. All right, bro. We'll see. But um, as always, this has been another edition of the socially distant podcast. Make sure to follow us on all our social media. Make sure y'all check out uh Kyrie and start now. Consulting. If you if you want to start a business, I'll leave his his stuff in the bio. Um, uh, just keep on tuning in every week. Uh, we we growing every week, and um, I'm definitely I'm definitely happy with the numbers that we've been getting um on the podcast, and um, I just want to keep on growing. Um, hopefully hopefully if we grow grow big enough, we uh. We we get to put out some merch and all that stuff, um, and uh, we are we are in the process of finding a new co-host right now. Um, mm-hmm. We got people in mind, so just just look out for that. We should be introducing her pretty soon uh, this week, if not sooner. But um, Josh, any closing remarks? Uh, no, no, I ain't got nothing. Hopefully we get to a better. Hopefully we have a better podcast next year. Next, uh, next episode. Yeah, bro. All I'm, right. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Forty-eight hurt. Forty-eight hurt. He needs got her. Bitch, I got it off the muscle. You wanna fight on tussle?
I'm talking about mm, 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 I see the pussy boy ain't learning lesson. Ain't no location, but I'm gonna dress it. Cause how I feel, it's time to go to stepping. Like go to state, this for that holy stepping. This shit here gonna.